Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with guest experts Elise Castle and Mike Jensen. They're the co-hosts of we Couldn't Help But Wonder, a Sex in the City podcast. Last year, they devoted four episodes to the 2008 film. Let's hear what they have to say about Carrie and Big's wedding. Mike, Elise, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So let's jump right in. And could you start off by giving us a little background on where the women of Sex in the City left off at the end of the series before the movie. All in couples. So <laughs> That's all, my, yeah. It's all happily ever after, yeah. essentially. Yeah, basically. Basically, they wrapped it all up into couples. And so when the movie starts, where are they now? Essentially still all in couples. In couple. yeah. <laughs> yeah, still still paired up. All the, the 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 joy of the single lady was was decided not the appropriate ending for that series. So they put them all together and kept them together. <laughs> So, okay, now what is happening in Carrie and Big's relationship specifically that then eventually leads us to the proposal? What are the logistics behind it? Well, they start to look at this. They're looking for apartments, right? They're trying to find like the apartment and, um, you know, they find this place together and she talks about, you know, getting rid of her apartment and, you know, are we going to get 
like, do you want to get married? He brings that up and they have this, I, I mean, I do, but I didn't think you wanted it. And he says, you know, I just want, what is the exact line, Mike? Like, I just want whatever you want or. Um, yeah. It's the most awkward proposal since already then. Like it, right. it really is just sort of that, like, well, I don't know. Do you want to get married? I don't know. Do you want to get married? The most romantic way to start a, a long-term partnership possible. <laughs> Which is what he's good at. And um, then, you know, they end up, it's once again, four girls at the diner and she's, all right, I guess we're getting married. And there's a bunch of like uh, apartment uh, drama tied into this proposal, which is probably the, you know, the flattest proposal ever. Um, She has to give up her own apartment. But, you know, we, we talked on on the show about how he just kind of jumps right to it. And, you know, he says, okay, fine, uh, I will just buy this apartment for you without even asking her, right. really? Yeah, I mean, she walks into it in, in this, like, you can tell that this is the one. Like, she's so happy. She's so excited to see it. And, you know, she looks at the view and how is this space even available? And there's talk of all that. And, you know, and he, he just buys it for her. And, and um, I mean, I think it's assumed that she'd be pretty content there with the exception of the closet, which ends up being a big point of it. But um, I think he just assumes that he's doing the right thing by just buying it for her. Now, what are the terms of the wedding that Carrie and Biggs settle on at first? Um, they, the thing is, is Mike and I actually have this running joke about Mr. Big on our podcast where we talk about how like he never answers a question. And really, and throughout the whole series, you know, he never even breaks up with her. She's it's just always this thing where she ends up leaving. So we have this joke about like, you know, what would happen if Mr. Big went to Chipotle and they would ask him these questions and he would never really answer them. Like, Mike, <laughs> you can be Mr. Big. Like he would say, you know, black beans or pinto beans. And he would say something uh, what? like. What what makes a bean black or pinto, really? Like, it's all it's yeah. all very, like, vague, kind of like you can't really ever get to the point. Yeah, I think it sort of started out of like, well, I could get married to you. What would that look like? Well, let's just get married. I think it starts with this idea of a very simple wedding that whether you say it, it through their, their choices or through the things that sort of come towards them, the wedding just gets bigger and bigger as as we hurtle towards the inevitable. Right. And I think at first he was all... I mean, they didn't really ever set like conditions of what it was going to be at first. But at first it was 75 people in this, you know, business suit that she bought at a vintage store, which was actually what? Wasn't it a Chanel dress? It wasn't like it was a several thousand dollar suit that she found at a vintage (laughs) store. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That's the the thing we're asked to go along with in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I I think they actually say wears a dress by no one. And it's actually a very, very expensive. uh, Yeah. It's like Chanel or YSL or something. (laughs) Something like that. Now, in terms of where do things start to get, you know, out of proportion? We've got this photo shoot for Vogue Mm -hmm. and then this uh, gifting of the Vivian Westwood dress. Um, How how does that unravel? Well, I think sort of stated. It's sort of stated as though, like, that's the beginning of of. The upping the ante is the term that she uses. Like once this dress comes along, once it's the Vivian Westwood, which I guess makes her one of the suspects and who is responsible for the the wedding falling mm-hmm. apart. But um, yeah, she sort of says like this dress, like the dress up the ante. Like we can't have the small uh, informal wedding we once thought because of the dress, which, okay. <laughs> and also, I mean, yeah, because Charlotte gifts um, 
Anthony as a wedding planner as well. And yeah, it just slowly unravels to become this bigger thing. And I think the starting point was the dress, you know, once she started doing this fashion shoot. So maybe we could actually blame it all on Candace Bergen. Enid. Yeah. yeah, Enid. Enid, <laughs> yeah, Enid's another suspect. Home. She joins. Yeah, she joins the suspect list. Murphy That's Brown a good point. Again. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't put Candace Bergen up on the board, mm. um, so th- that's a good call. We probably that was a big oversight on our part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Charlotte and uh, Anthony, the the wedding planner. Do you think they cross? Is there a line that's crossed? You know, she comes out with the dress or or, I'm sorry, with the suit. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, there's no way that you can do this that way. Um, And and, and they're just not very supportive when it comes to what her idea of what her wedding is going to be. Well, I think if those two there, they're not going to be supportive of that suit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you have it doesn't really detour her, though. Like it she's is, uh-huh. she's still pretty on board, you know. She's still like, no, this is the dress I found it. This is the one that I want. Yeah, and it's that's right. And I think that they just are a little bit taken aback because it's Carrie Bradshaw, and she's going to have this glamorous thing. And you know, Charlotte's always had these ideas of what a wedding should be, and then sees her in that. Um, but once again, I think Carrie just starts getting excited about this idea of what a big wedding could be. Now. Samantha's reaction to the news of Carrie's engagement is not very supportive. Do we think that her lack of support is what later causes the tension uh, that had her removed from the latest Sex in the City revival? Oh, <sighs> Mike. <laughs> no, there's no there's I mean, it's it's so this subject is always so sad to me because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it just it it does feel like some kind of revisionist history on someone's parts um because uh, yeah i don't i'll be curious to see what they utilize because now it has sort of come to light that it that it will have been a rift in the relationship and that is what's going to explain her lack of presence in the new series so who knows maybe that maybe that was the beginning i feel like samantha gets back to her pretty fast to say like i just yeah. wasn't prepared like i had right. you in the in the not getting married box and sorry for all the extra paperwork and but she doesn't you know maybe that's right. And she does handle the, all the fallout. Yeah. You know, she yes, is the one. she does. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, oh, before we talk about the rehearsal dinner, I want to talk about what's going on in with Miranda and in her relationship. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Breaks my heart. So Miranda and Steve at this point have moved to Brooklyn and, you know, Brady's a big boy and he just, it feels like it comes out of absolutely nowhere um and you know I was watching this movie when I watched this movie for the podcast I was watching it for essentially the first time uh because our whole thing with our podcast is I had never seen the show before and Mike had seen it a million times so I remember watching this moment the first time where Steve looks at her and just says I slept with someone else and I was like (gasps) just like (laughs) aghast at that moment there and so that's what's happened in their relationship. He, he slept with someone else. It was a one-time thing. And Miranda's in the process of moving out. I remember having seen it in the movie theater the day that it came out. And there were like audible no's in the audience. <laughs> like people were really, really upset with this storyline. Yeah, because you can get mad at Big. You can get mad at like, you know, Burger. You could get mad at all those guys, but you didn't want to be mad at Steve. 
Yeah. I know. They, how could they have done this to right. us? I, I also watched it the day it came out, you know, and it, it, in New York, and it was just like, I, I mean, shoes, it, it almost yeah. felt like people were throwing <laughs> shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense. It was intense. Now, I want to talk about this rehearsal dinner because, you know, the night before the wedding, because it's just so, I, it's so odd to me how Big just doesn't have any family or friends there. No, except for that one ass. He has that, yeah, one that one guy. douchebag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, like, it, it's almost like Big doesn't even hear him when he says that he makes that rude comment. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are getting at, you know, he doesn't ask any questions, but perhaps, I don't know, it felt like Big was a ghost. It's like some kind of sixth sense set up, you know, <laughs> because he doesn't seem to be, um, uh, you know, shook until Miranda says something to him. Yeah, I think this all kind of goes back to our thing about Big not being a, a big presence in his own life that he just sort of floats through. Like he never, sure, he never breaks up with her, but he never really protests her breaking mm-hmm. up with him. Like it's always kind of her idea to get back together. But it's, you know, he just sort of like floats through and is like, well, I guess this is what's going to happen next. And I feel like that's sort of what happened with the wedding as well and the rehearsal dinner, that he's sort of off in the corner drinking a scotch. Yeah, and this is like the hugest if that's a word, the biggest rehearsal dinner I've ever seen. I mean, it's in like Budokan. It's taking over the whole like main floor there. And yeah, he doesn't really seem to be phased by his friends, but does he have friends? We talked about this before. Like there's one other friend he has in the series that, <laughs> yeah, and who's also not a the good solace. Friend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who is this friend? He gosh, he's like first and second season. He's the one who's going through a divorce. And I don't I don't know what kind of language you have on your podcast. But it's like the second bitch got all the stuff the first bitch didn't get like another like soulless human being who's just (laughs) awful. Like these are literally the only two people we ever see him associate with. And they're both just like awful, awful soulless middle-aged white men <laughs> yeah that's true his, oh his, his mom, mom at the, at the church. church that's right and it, yeah <laughs> like don't hook us up with your friends big but um yeah i don't know he just seems to kind of i think at this point knowing what we eventually know the wheels have already been turning for a few days like you can have a lot of thoughts about what was said to him at the rehearsal dinner or even you know the the thing about the dress but i think from the very beginning he just already was like, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? I don't know if this is right. Um, Or how can I be the least amount present? Right, right. Right. Um, Do you think that the two of them might have some kind of commitment phobia? Is that what we're, what they're trying to get at? Because I, now you guys have made me realize that you're right. He never breaks up with her. Right. She's Um, always the one who leaves. Yeah. I think they just want, completely different things. I And I don't even think what Carrie wants is Mr. Big. I think what Carrie wants is the idea of what Mr. Big is in her brain, like what she's created him to be. And he, you know, Mike and I talk about this from the very first time they broke up. He is a lot of things, but he's always pretty honest with her. Like he always says to her exactly who he is and exactly what he's willing to do. And you know, it's um, but we, I think, are always on Carrie's side and think he's this bad guy because she's created this idea of what she wants their relationship to be. And we just assume mm-hmm. he should go along with it. And I'm not saying that that makes him right or wrong, but it's yeah. I mean, we're never I think sh- they both want different things. He wants he doesn't really want a relationship and she wants a relationship with 
someone that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. I mean, he says after the second breakup, I need to be with someone who, if I have to go to London, I have to go to London. Like he wants someone who's going to be there when he wants them to be there. Mm -hmm. But if he needs to go away, isn't going to complain about it. Right. Huh. Now, why do you think after he leaves the wedding, he has this sudden change of heart and turns the car around? I mean, it seems to come out of nowhere. Well, I think there are two reasons. I think that okay, great. I think the reason we're supposed to go with is like he realized the error of his ways really quickly. But I think that part of that also is because we they have to fi- figure out how to make us not absolutely hate him. So mm-hmm. I feel like in the movie they were like, oh gosh, they're gonna never forgive him for this. Make him change his mind real quick. Make him change his mind real quick. <laughs> like I actually think that that's what into what what went into the screenplay. And I think actually too that. See, I think it's even as far as if we're going to talk about like him as a person, I think it's really surface. And I didn't think about it till this last time I watched the movie where I think he's just a person in general thinking, oh, my gosh, this is someone's wedding and I'm not going to show up for it. Like, I don't even think he wants to necessarily marry Carrie, but he's thinking like I'm a terrible person and trying to be like this good guy for a moment, too. Oh my god, it's like he's confused. Right. He thought he wasn't he wasn't guest. Yeah. <laughs> you're a very important guest, Ben. Right. Your, like, your presence realized, is needed. Like, oh, I can't just not show up for this. This isn't like a date. This isn't this. This is a wedding and this costs a lot of money and there's a lot of other people here and I have a reputation and what am I doing and Yeah. Yeah. So how much of the blame do you think should go uh, to Charlotte's daughter, Lily. 100%. This is Elise's favorite. Yeah, yeah Elise 100% blames, blames uh, Lily for this. And even on top of that, I blame Judith Lieber for designing the purse <laughs> in which the phone went into. Because that purse was designed specifically, correct, Mike, to carry that phone. Wasn't it designed bigger? It was, yeah, because yeah. it's actually bigger than most of her purses were. She made this specifically because her purses wouldn't fit a phone. So they actually designed this purse big enough for that phone to go into it. Yeah. Wow. It's Okay, so we're on board with Lily yeah. shouldering <laughs> yeah. a lot of that. I mean, where is Charlotte? It's like, she, why has no one checked the, the little girl's purse, I guess? I mean, the, the, the phone has been missing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you should also, also teach your child not to steal things. Right. And also, like, <laughs> I think this is at a time because Carrie does still have a flip phone. And I still had a flip phone at this point in 2008. And I think we weren't always looking for our phones. I actually brought it up to a friend last night that I remember in 2008, leaving my phone at work and then getting home from off the subway and thinking, oh, I left my phone at work. I'll just get it tomorrow. Like it wasn't something (laughs) like now we would never forget our phones because they're in our hands all the time. So I don't think looking for the cell phone, especially with Carrie, someone who doesn't understand phones is her biggest thing. And yes, um, what do you think the phrase that Big says, I need to make sure it's just you and me, actually means? Like, who else would be involved? Like, who does Big think? Who else is going to be involved? Manda. What made him doubt it? No, um, <laughs> I, I think that in that moment, he's just thinking the wedding's getting bigger than us. And he likes the idea of spending a lot of time with Carrie. And I think that's all he knows. I think he's so emotionally immature that he isn't is just thinking like I like spending time with this person and I think I could spend the rest of my life with this person and I guess that's what this means 
Um, but now there's all these other things involved and I have to show up for all these other people. So just remind me that at the end of the day, it's just me and you, you know, cooking dinner, eating Chinese food in my apartment with red wine. Like, that's what I think that like, this isn't going to make the rest of our lives turn into this circus as he calls it. And the cynic in me thinks that he's just looking for a reason. Cynic in me thinks he's saying, I need to know it's just you and me because he's looking. He's like, how do I, how do I get out of this? How do I stop this? I don't know. Maybe I'm, Oh, you think maybe I'm being too negative. He wants her to say like, no, it's not. It's, I don't know. I don't know what he wants. I I don't know. I think he's like laying the groundwork a little bit. Hmm. Well, it, it does feel a little bit like a, a controlling aspect of Biggs, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's just you and me. Well, is it ever just you and another person forever and ever? I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because she makes that comment to him the night that she unveils the guest list being at like 250 and he kind of freaks out about it. And she does say to him, it's just me and you. Remember, this is still this is still just us. And yeah, I think actually Mike's right. I think he's probably just looking for a way to get out of this. So at the end of the day, if you had to pick one person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for Carrie and Biggs failed wedding number one. Who or what would that be? You go, Elise. Well, you know, if we're going with like, the practicality of it. It was always, I was going to blame Lily. You know, I wanted to put the blame on her. Um, we did too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, cause that's it, but none of this would have had, and then a step beyond that, right. Judith Lieber, cause Lily wouldn't have had a purse if it wasn't for Judith. But then now this has all got me thinking that none of this would have happened. The wedding wouldn't have gotten this big it wasn't for Candy B. So I'm going to have to go and say, I think this all is blamed on Enid as Candace Bergen. <laughs> wow. Or Candace Bergen as Eden. Enid. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, mine's, mine's not as funny. It's big. Listen, <laughs> the person that did the thing is the person responsible for the thing. There's probably a Latin phrase that, that means that. But like, he's the one that did it. He couldn't get out of the car. Yeah. You know, it's it's big. It's his. He he did. He's 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 the problem. Oh, well. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I think that we in our decision kind of went more of an Elise route, mm-hmm. where we we blamed the in uh, you know wedding industrial. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I like that answer. Complex, <laughs> and we did we did slap big. We did give big a slap. Um, so so we were circling. I think I think that was our our big dilemma here that we couldn't figure out what what was the bigger culprit. Um, we did uh, we hate you know I shouldn't say we hate but we're always trying to get capitalism in jail mm. and so we felt <laughs> like the wedding you know <laughs> industry really uh, symbolized that but but I hear you Mike I, I I understand you know well and also Carrie's at fault I mean we can't go like we can't not blame her you know Mike can always say Mike and I always say that we all want to hate Carrie because we all are Carrie and mm. the thing about Carrie in this is she even says like I knew this was going to happen for the moment before and 
ultimately their whole relationship, once again, is her trying to manufacture this idea of what she wants him to be. And so that's ultimately going to blow up in your face at some point, whether it takes 10 minutes or 10 years. And I think she's to blame because I don't know if they ever would have gotten married if she would have just let him go the first time. Well, they wouldn't have, she would have let him go. I'm so glad you, uh, Mike. So you think that Carrie, we're all Carrie. I've, I, I've, I don't know if I made this theory up or it perhaps tell me if, if, if this is an actual theory that, uh, Carrie, that Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha are just, um, uh, uh, figments of Carrie's imagination. Did I make that up or no? Or I've that heard that. Be- I've heard that before. I think that. Um, I think that's definitely like the the sort of meta- metaphysical way to go with it. I, I look at them as aspects of her personality because people talk about like you know Samantha being like sexual and being like fun and sexy, but like Carrie is that too. And they talk about like Miranda being like sassy and fiery and but. Carrie's that like Carrie is those things sort of embodied in one person. So I think that there's there's part of that. And then I think that also because we are all the main character in our own lives. <laughs> and you know, Carrie is the main character in this series, whether or not Kim Cattrall is happy with that. Like, so we want her to make the decisions that we would make. So when she makes decisions that we think we wouldn't make, which we might have made, we all make mistakes, we all do crazy things, we get mad at her for it. But I think that there's an aspect of that as us being mad at ourselves for the things that we've done that we know we're not maybe the making our lives the easiest for us. Wow. Okay, Elise, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. You're and, welcome. you know, being our experts and helping us understand Carrie and Big's wedding fiasco. Thanks for having us. It's been really fun. (laughs) When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. I mean, I could just talk about uh, Sex and the City with uh, Elise and Mike all day. Mm-hmm. And we can listen. <laughs> they know they are, they are experts for sure. They know what they're talking about. They know their stuff. They knew all the characters' names. They knew that it took place in New York and that mm. that's New York right. is a city. They ticked the, all the big boxes there. <laughs> no, no, they they were actually really. You, know, you can you can tell they're really invested in the in the story. And I actually, you know, learned a few things of uh, ways to interpret these. Um, <laughs> characters. I don't know if we want to jump right in. Okay, yeah. Pl- this is what we're here for. I mean, I, I'm just excited that I got an answer about the... Uh, ca- is Carrie, you know, is everyone yes. else like part of Carrie, you know? Uh, and I thought Mike gave a great explanation as to, you know, they're... they're Carrie uh, is a little bit of all of them. Right. Aspects mm-hmm. of her personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder who out there is an aspect of my personality. But I guess his sort of to extend that idea, he then went on to say, look, we're all main characters in our own lives. Oh, my God. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're all, so we really sense, are all, all the Carrie, which people sometimes are like, no, I'm the this. But it's like the point is actually you're all of them combined. Yeah, and everyone is always always says that they're Carrie because they're the protagonist of their own life. It means we're That's all right. vain. And we're so, just all super vain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it actually does make me question why I go around saying I'm a Charlotte. Am I am I a passenger in well, my I, own life? <laughs> we talked about this. You're Charlotte with um, Carrie rising, right? <laughs> Isn't that that how we phrase it? It's like, I think you identify mostly with Charlotte. So she represents your protagonist the most, but you still have Mm. Carrie, Samantha and Miranda in you. Mm. Mm. But it is, is it's something I'll talk to my therapist about for sure. (laughs) Well, we, you know, just to sort of extend that, if we're all Carrie, are we to blame for the disaster? No, 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 no. (laughs) We, if you, Wait. Mike says, which I thought uh, was very eloquent, the, like the person who did it is the person who did it or whatever he said. Yes. I wrote it down. It's, it's, yeah. He said, and he said, there, this might be a lat, there might be a Latin phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. There is not one, but good stab there. But he said, the person who did the thing is the one who did the thing. Mm. We and should put he that said on biggest. t-shirts. Yeah. We should so put big. that on t-shirts yeah. for the alarmist. <laughs> it's a Just really, as a re- actually, I'm going to put that on a post-it note. It's a really good quote for the alarmist. Like we forget right. that all the time. All the time. All the time. Well, we're also looking for P. I mean, yes, I think like that's the literal, you know what I mean? Like the literal sure. is like the person who did it is the person who did it, but we're also constantly looking for what is influencing the people who did it. Right. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a nurture versus nature thing, I guess. Like, yeah. are we truly right. just going around doing shitty things or sorry, I just dropped an S bomb for no reason. <laughs> 
Um, you, you can say shitty. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I think we said it like 700 times in the last episode. So never mind. Which is actually the future episode. Yes. That's right. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the big of it all, I think he has a point. I thought it was uh, pretty profound, their understanding of, of big and, and what they were saying about like how we don't, you know, we, we put a lot of attention on big or we, we get mad at big because we don't want to accept that we are Carrie and that we might be the ones who are to blame for sure. the, the bad things that go wrong in our, you know, sure. mm. in our lives. Uh, and we did kind of discuss this uh, where, you know, we, we did give big the back, the, the slap, the big slap, but we did give Carrie the backs mm-hmm. backhand <laughs> because that was True. part of the whole thing is it, it, whether or not big is a good communicator. And I think it's very uh, adept observation on their part that he's just like really poor communicator. doesn't yeah. answer things, but, the truth of the matter is it's the two of them talking about a thing they're doing together, which I know we discussed. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, we, we, you can't just be all mad at big unless he like, you know, did it intentionally and like viciously, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, part of what makes big, I think attractive and appealing to Carrie is the fact that he's mysterious, right? Nobody Mm. just wants, you don't right. want you, you don't want someone to just kind of be like unambiguous, hey, here I am for sure. And it's like you want a little mystery in your romantic life. Uh you don't need to know every all the things that are going on. But you wanna- do you do you want a little <laughs> mystery in your romantic life? I mean <laughs> and they- we we could talk about this all day, right? <laughs> I just think it's a interesting it's very interesting to look at it through the lens of what Elise was saying. Like, is Carrie in love with Big himself or like an idea, you know? Mm. Right. And like, are, and then you can bring that back to yourself since you're the protagonist in your own story. Are you in love with a person or like what a person represents, right? Like, right. Yeah. I, I, I keep going back. I, I mean, I love that, Clayton. I think that's, that's, that's spot on. Um, I keep going back to the big ask, which is, it's just going to be you and me. Uh, yeah, that phrase it it really bothers me actually um mm. because i think it's so unrealistic and such an uh, it's an unrealistic ask to um ask that about some and and i get the concept behind it where it's like you get married it's just the two of you in a marriage of course right but you're a team it's, you're a team and 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 you are you know whatever but with with people comes so many things, right? So whether it be family, baggage, um, mm-hmm. dogs, right, Clayton? So many dogs. Four dogs for me. <laughs> if you want to be with me, I have four dogs. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, it's not ever. It's so. It's well. It's just yes, unrealistic. Yes, but. But I get it. I get it. It is the two of you working through it, right? I don't know. I, I, I just have a, like, why is that the most important thing? I just feel like maybe that's a writing thing. Like mm. maybe that just shouldn't, that shouldn't have been the question that he should have been asking. You know, it's right. not like I, it's more just like, I, what would be a little bit more, I, I guess, realistic, but this is the movies who cares, but it's like, I'm having a freak out. I need you to reassure me right now that 
Like mm. everything's going to be okay. Not like, I just need you to know it's going to be you and me. Because like, <laughs> what is she going to be like? Yes. And now come to the freaking church. It's going to yeah. be you and me, you know? Like, yeah, you're not marrying anyone else. It's- right. <laughs> what, I, I feel like you'd have to like pick apart. So what do you mean by that? Versus yeah. like, it's okay. I know this has gotten big, but you know, it's the two of us and this is a special moment. And let's just focus on sharing that versus like, let's get like all philosophical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I get it. I Look, I get it. It really is just at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's just you, right? Though, because you die alone, right? What, like Jeez. Mike said, the person who did it is the guy. I can't. We should come up <laughs> with a Latin term for it. The person who did the thing is the one who did the thing. <laughs> so um, he did it. Carrie did it. We did it. We did the, it. The wedding industrial complex did it. Mm hmm. This is who do we blame? Really, it's everyone. It's all. It's our fault. truly a natural disaster. Everyone's to blame. <laughs> it's no a natural disaster. That's right. Mount <laughs> Vesuvius and <laughs> Carry a Big. <laughs> Carry a Big. Um, so, do we want to change our answer based on this intel? This this guest expert intel. Uh, I don't. I mean. I mean, I think we were circling around the same thing. And I- I'm just glad they-, they essentially almost named both things that we 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 zeroed yes. in on. So I-, I feel good about our um about our 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 you know verdict here. They're Perhaps. in the ballpark. She Elise was mentioning Kara's responsibility, yeah, Mike was yeah, mentioning yeah. Big's responsibility. They also talked about Enid and what she represents who works in fashion and works for the industry and this Mm -hmm. dress. I feel like they were touching all the same things that we did. So I feel like it's fair to, if, unless you feel differently to, to keep the wedding industrial complex in jail, because it does bear a lot of responsibility in our collective lives. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I think that that's right. And, you know, Lesson learned, the person who did the thing is the one who did the thing, mm-hmm. not necessarily in this case, right? Mm. Because the person who did the thing is big, but the, the person who did the thing is the wedding industrial complex, we're saying. so. But we have to take <laughs> that note from Mike and bring it into our um, larger uh, scope of... Uh, discussion mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. go and take it going forward the person who did the thing is the one who did the thing that's mm-hmm. what we have to we have to remember that going forward i'm telling you it's a post-it on my computer okay. screen we're making the post-it <laughs> um but we're sticking with our guns here wedding industrial <laughs> complex yes now uh clayton is, are there any housekeeping things we need to discuss please um yes i do <laughs> uh i don't know like what Let's. We have a good review in that I thought. Oh, we'd share. that's good. Oh, okay. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, is it it's a like it's a, a housekeeping thing. Review? I don't know how we want to keep this house, but it's definitely something that's developing. Uh, I'll <laughs> okay, just. Well, you'll understand once I read it. It's titled "Chris: A Sonnet." What? By uh, three animals in a trench coat. Five stars. It reads, huh? "Hello, it is nine thirty a.m. and Chris is reverberating on Chris what music it is." hearing history and Chris, how they intertwine so separate from me, a being who is not Chris, listening to Chris on Apple Premium Plus, so (laughs) pricey, so worth Uh the $80 per month. To hear Chris and write this sonnet of Chris, while I get ready to celebrate Christmas, (laughs) a.k.a. more Chris, Mm. the name Chris loses meaning in this repetitious Mm -hmm. din of Chris. 
Such wow. facts he checks and confirms. Yes. I swear this is not Chris, just Chris. Wow. Wow. Uh, Ho- holy cow. Okay. This bit is getting so out now, of hand. Now I just want to tell you, I just want to say to you guys and the oh, alarmy. No. Oh, no. What? No, I'm just going to tell you guys that uh, proof positive I did not write that was because I don't have any education or background in poetry mm. or sonnets. Mm, mm. And that was clearly That's clear. That's clear. A, a professional. <laughs> no, that was clearly written by a professional and That's... A, a poet. And that, so therefore, it couldn't have been me. Okay. I mean, there's a possibility that I could have outsourced that to a poet to oh, write. Okay. To write. Okay. But I mean, that just could not have been me. So I look. Look. I, I, I it, what, it, you know, I, I, I humbly, humbly accept. I, 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 I it sounds very positive in the mm-hmm. way that they. Sure. Portray, I was portrayed. Um, this is a bit that's gotten a little bit out of hand, but I, you know, Chris, I, I appreciate you signing onto different computers and leaving different reviews apparently about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think that's you know, a, just a dirty rumor that you just have no <laughs> proof of. You better make sure and all I those just, accounts you're creating are, uh, you know, not hacked. Uh, yeah, keep those passwords <laughs> safe. Um, we have no. one more that I'll share from you too, from a, okay. a real a real listener, okay. Nicole G zero three. Sorry, yeah, zero three zero seven. My favorite podcast, five stars. This podcast is the perfect mix of horror. I'm sorry, humor, terror. <laughs> yes, say terror. This podcast is the perfect mix of humor, terror, and education. I especially love hearing from guest experts during the aftermath. Oh, nice. Very nice. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for a real review. Thank you so much to our real <laughs> listener out there giving, leaving uh, us a real review. And yes, thank, thank you. you for bo- to the, both the re- reviews being real. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, thank you f- for everyone for the both reviews mm-hmm, being real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're grateful for all the ratings and uh, reviews. And uh, please subscribe to the show. And, well, you know, stay tuned because next week... We are going to be discussing the Erfurt Latrine disaster. And you're going to understand why uh, Clayton says shit um, about uh, 20,000 times in this next episode. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.